Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Connor Pickford. Connor has won PBA title. That was the 2016 Roth Home and Doubles, which he won with Anthony Simonson back in Reno. Connor is on staff with Rotogrip. Connor also holds the PBA regional record for five consecutive regionals with at least one 300 game. Connor, Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. So, Connor, let's begin with the fall swing. I know you mentioned off the air to me before we got started here. A little bit rough going for you up in Detroit, but let's talk about that and ultimately what you're going to be able to take away from that and learn as you move forward. Well, yeah, I did have kind of a rough week up there. You know, it's one of those things where. When you're bowling a swing like that, it's it's really beneficial to be throwing it good. Well, I mean, if you're going into the swing confident in your, in your game and throwing it well, it's easy to get there and kind of uh, fall into the mix of things really quick. And it, it, it's good. To, it's easy to have a good swing that way. But if you're kind of battling with it on the other side where you're not throwing it the greatest, which is kind of where I've been lately in the past couple months, um, been struggling with my physical game a little bit. So. Uh, to recap my <clears throat> to recap my swing up there, I I had a couple rough days. It's you, you know when you're bowling a format where only bowling six games and you're against the best in the world, there's really not a lot of time for you to be worried about how well you're throwing it. You kind of just have to play the lanes the way they tell you, and the guys that get their balls and their equipment to match up as fast as possible every day on every pattern are typically the guys that make the shows in such a short format. And with the scores being high. 180 game is very, very costly in those kinds of formats. So I, I had my struggles. There were different reasons I had my struggles, but me and Tim Mack and Jim Callahan and Del Ballard worked worked pretty well together after we got done, talked about a few things, and I've got a, a very good game plan going forward, working on my physical game, getting some timing issues that I've been having lately kind of ironed out. 
and getting back to a later timing to get myself to the line before my ball, whereas lately my ball's been more in front of me and I've been playing the lanes a little straighter. So I still think I got a lot to take from the Detroit swing and, and learned a lot competing against the best in the world. You know, you don't, you're not going to win every event you bowl, but as long as you're out there and you're learning and competing, you're, you're getting uh, un, unvaluable experience that, you know, is not, is, you can't buy it. So, Connor, you mentioned there the shorter formats, the six-game formats. Talk about what your thoughts are and what your overall impressions are of those formats. I kind of think that the shorter formats are a way to help with our broadcast, the way they debut the broadcast, and uh, the way they tape things, where they tape them together. Um, it kind of it helps the bowlers. I know that the original reason why they went to the shorter format and the the more tournaments and a shorter span time was to help the bowlers not be away from their families for so long, as opposed to being on the road for four or five weeks to bowl four or five tournaments. Now you're on the road for one week or two weeks to bowl four or five tournaments. So it's kind of more for the players, I think is the way it went, but obviously there's other benefits in that. Whereas you get the people inside the bowling alley, you get more hype for one, one location and one, um, one event and one venue so it kind of helps in a lot of different ways, but like I said, you know, there's some there's some some pluses and minuses going both directions. If, if you're going into the swing, player-wise, and on on this side of it, if you're going into the swing, confident, healthy, and well, you're ready to go. You could have a really good swing, kind of like Francois Lavoie. He had a breakout at this swing. He matched up in the bowling center. He's been bowling really well, and just like that, made a couple shows. All right. Well, one of the things I had a chance to talk to you briefly at, at the uh, World Series when you were doing some extra frame stuff and you really seem to like coming into the booth. I know Mike, Jay and Jeff will have you in there and there's some some good stuff you doing with those guys. What is it about that that you like? Is it like being able to, you know, what do you like about hopping in the booth with the guys? I got to say, um, Mike, Jay and Jeff, are they're awesome guys just to hang out with. They they're not the best bowlers in a, in a sense, but they are huge fans of the sport that have, they're just spectators and they spectate the game from this different angle and the way they project it to the bowlers is different. And I really like that they're the head guys for the PBA that really get, you know, the word out there and spread bowling and professional bowling and they kind of create our stage. So when they invited me into the booth for the first time, I was ecstatic to be able to get up there and kind of commentate on some bowling. I've never had a chance to do anything like that. It's also very beneficial for the viewers to get a, another point of view in the booth explaining the dynamics of the things that maybe Mike, Jay, and Jeff don't understand, whereas that comes kind of naturally for me. It's very easy for me to get inside a bowling center and talk about bowling for hours upon hours. It's, it's, not, it's not hard to do at all. So getting to sit in the booth and kind of talk to them about what I see on the lanes and maybe even point put out a little bit of my perspective on what I saw, and it kind of helps get some more knowledge to the viewers, and that's what we're all about. That's how we help grow the sport is helping the viewers gain knowledge. Yeah, do you think as a bowler, can you see from up there? and just is it Because it gives you a different vantage. From when I was in Reno sitting up there watching – you saw some pairs, or I saw some pairs, and all the watching that I was doing and the commentating, 
Well, you're like, this lane just is so different than the, the right lane is so different than the left or the left versus the right, et cetera. Is that something too, or even as a competitor, you're able to take that knowledge? Although, you know, everyone knows the stadium has their own characteristics, but is that something too that it helps you as a bowler to be up in the booth? Yes, absolutely. To, to be able to see those, to see the moves that the players are making, obviously if those players are on the lanes and I'm in the booth, there's something that they did better that week than I did. So it's awesome to be able to have that perspective of sitting back there and watching and getting to observe the, the moves that they're making might be different than moves that I made all week, and I get to talk about what I'm seeing in the bowlers. Uh, like I said, I might be more observant on something that Chris Barnes or Sean Rash or somebody is doing on the lane that um, – maybe Mike J or Jeff weren't really paying attention to like uh, some kind of move that they made or a ball change. I might understand more of the ball change that made sense, which helps me learn because I see the, the moves and the changes that the best in the, of the best are making. And if I can learn from that and make those same changes, then, you know, I can get better. Yeah. Which bowler out of curiosity do you like? Uh, will you sit up and take a little bit of note to that? You can say, wow, that's, we throw it similar or we have kind of the same ball roll and um, and we, uh, I can learn from him. I would say there's two different ones that I look for in a bowling alley at any point in time. Tommy Jones and Wes Malott. I have been compared to Wes Malott a few times. We've got some similarities in the way we, in the way we release the ball. So anytime I, I can kind of get an idea of what kind of ball I need to be throwing because Wes and Tommy, I mean, they're – these players are not only physically the best out here, but they're also mentally the best, and they're smart. They're the smartest out here. That's They've got the combination of both, which what makes them the best bowlers in the world. Tommy, I think, is one of the smartest guys out there, and he's got one of the, he's got one of the best physical, mechanical games in the sport right now and has for a while. He's got so many mechanisms he can change in his game. Watching him bowl between a pro-am in actual competition, he's, he does the same thing almost on a smaller scale. His rev rate's slower, he's not throwing it as hard, but, and his timing's a little slower. It's almost like he has, he has the power to know when and where and how he needs to throw the ball. So I can always know that I can get a physical tip from Tommy. I can, I can always get a ball tip from Wes. Awesome, very insightful stuff. So let's go back to... Reno, actually, you in uh, it was in October at Las Vegas where you and Anthony Simonson you qualified for the show for the doubles, the Roth Home and Doubles event, which is then taped in Reno. So talk about that because you you know you guys bowled at the end of October and then they said okay, well after during the summer swing and when we do all the tapings in Reno downstairs at the stadium uh, there, you, you guys are going to bowl in the step ladder. So how was that? Uh, how was that? Uh, wait for you guys to have to get to you know bowl and then ultimately win in the title. It was definitely uh, something I didn't expect. It was an experience, to say the least. Uh, me and Anthony kept in touch probably um, on a weekly basis, sometimes on a daily basis, just kind of talking to each other about, hey, buddy, you know, I would call him and say, hey, kid, you staying out of trouble? You ready to bowl? Because uh, I mean, the only thing we were worried about was making sure we were all healthy and good to go and ready and ready for the telecast that we were going to you know, be competing in. And it, I, obviously he was super excited about it. So he'd randomly call me and ask me if I've been practicing, if I'm ready to go. And we just kind of, we just kind of anticipated it together for a couple months until we got to Reno. 
Okay, well, I want to bring up something that's a little different. That This is a topic that, honestly, Connor, when I've talked to the ladies on tour, the PWBA women, this is something that they've brought up to me, but it's been something about health. And this is something that you put out there, a Facebook post, where you talked about how you felt you were getting a little out of shape, I guess is the best way to put it. And you started consciously, you know, watching what you eat and not drinking soda and et cetera. And you've helped it and you've lost some, you know, lost a bunch of weight. So congratulations for that. Um, what was, what was it led to that? I guess, was it, you were maybe running out of gas at some of your end of your, some of your blocks, or was it just something you looked in the mirror? or didn't, didn't like what you're seeing or is there something that led to everything? Um, Pretty much, I didn't like what I was seeing in the mirror, and physically, I wasn't able to to keep up. The biggest thing that I noticed was taking live bowling balls. Everyone dreads when they have to make the turn in any kind of regional. When you got to go from the high end to the low end, or from the low end to the high end, everybody dreads it. And carrying sometimes six or eight balls in a tournament, depending on uh, you know, what you're bowling on, it can be a daunting task to get to the other end of the bowling center when there's a couple, when there's a hundred people or so in the building and you're trying to get around and you're maneuvering. So I just noticed it was starting to get a little harder for me to move around and my, my clothes weren't fitting the same as they used to. And I realized that if I got any bigger, I'd be into a clothing size that just did not look right on my body. So I uh, decided to start talking to some of my friends on how to lose weight, got some good tips and, I just started changing my routines in the morning, and uh, instead of eating one big meal a day, I would eat three smaller meals a day and make sure that they were a little bit better for my body. And I cut out sodas altogether, started drinking water 100% of the time, and next thing I knew, I was 20 pounds lighter, and my clothes started to get a little looser, and I had to go down in a shirt size. So that really kind of started the ball off rolling for me, and I was content and happy for a while until I made my first telecast in 2014 and I saw myself on TV and I was unhappy with the way that I saw myself. And that's really, that was the time that it it hit home for me that, you know, if I was to ever make it on TV again, I want to look better. And I started working out routinely and I have definitely become a better athlete and got my body more in shape with, I did a lot of cardio for about six months. That's all I did was cardio, cardio, cardio. And, and I just shed weight. I became a smaller person overall. I shed weight in basically every area that I wanted to without having to target one position. I just, I, instead of trying to do one routine all the time, I worked out different ways and just kind of enjoyed learning how to work out. I know one of the things I noticed, too, in observing the bowlers it's, is that is a new thing among some of you younger guys like L.C. Marshall Kent with like a shake, you know, an energy shake or a drink or something, and A.J. Johnson. And so there is that you guys are kind of changing that dynamic that sometimes bowlers are just, you know, that people have of, of league bowlers, and you I guys are doing what you need to be. The dynamic is that you can go – bowling is not a sport because you can go into a bowling center and you can drink a beer while you're bowling. That's not a sport. I see all these – I mean, that's just the oldest stereotype in the book. The bowlers are fat, ugly drinkers. So I really think that, you know, our new, uh, this newer wave of talent coming through, we're much more conscious of, uh, and I think I'm behind the ball on this one. Marshall's been into weight training for a while. AJ's been into athletics when he was in high school and in college as well. He was a two-sport athlete. So 
I really think that this could be a new dynamic for the younger generation coming up behind us, knowing that it, it might even help us overall. If people can see that our image as an overall is changing to not this unhealthy um, party bowler, so to speak. You, you have to be this professional athlete to be a bowler. And if we can change that dynamic, then I think we can help grow the sport. Yeah, so how did that affect your game? I mean, your fit had, I mean, you said you lost weight in all different areas. I'm guessing, though, I mean, you probably lost a little bit in your fingers, right? In your hands and, and everything? I, I have. Um, my hands didn't go through a huge change. My thumb size definitely changed. But um, my swing plane and the, the track that my swing goes on, it used to naturally kind of reroute around my body. Whereas now I have so much more room. I have so much less room between my arm and my side i can get my my elbow in and tucked up against my body which is very important to keep your elbow in keep your hand on the inside of the ball so that it kind of falls into a straighter swing with your hand staying on the inside of the ball which is kind of what they teach the professionals is to play the inside of the ball and uh like i said my swing used to kind of go left to right a little bit and rear out kind of similar similarities to west Malat. Whereas now my swing's kind of a little bit more in front of me and a little straighter trajectory. And it, it, I have definitely, it took me a while to learn how to redirect my swing to get it back in the same position it used to be. And I'm still having issues with it, as a matter of fact, which is why I've been trying to figure out how to get um, my body more above the ball instead of behind the ball. Yeah, that's all very interesting because that that is one of the things you say that's very key is keeping your you know keeping your elbow tucked and if you're you're used to constantly having to go around around your body, I guess it's going to naturally your elbow is going to be out just a little bit, which loses all your rotation on a ball. Correct. So I kind of just I used to just make it all happen at one time, whereas now it has to be more of a fluid motion because my elbow's got to get in even sooner than it used to because of how fast it used to happen. So it's been a learning experience for sure. With I've never been through a physical change like that. I mean, obviously, as you when you go the other direction, when you get bigger, your body naturally just adapts to it. But when you go the other way at an extreme rate, it takes a minute to figure out how to physically change that. It, it was it was different, but with the work of the people that I have working with me, uh, I think it's been an all right process, and I look forward to uh, what's ahead of me in the athletic department of bowling. Okay, so let's talk about your on staff with Roto Grip. Let's talk about some of the latest and greatest pieces. You also are on a shop down there in, in uh, Texas. So let's talk about some of the latest and greatest with Roto Grip and Storm. All right. Well, uh, some of the latest pieces we've had out on the Roto Grip side is uh, the No Rules. That is one of our big cover balls. If anybody remembers the Hypercell, uh, that is the next generation Hypercell cover on a big new core that we're calling the no rules so anytime if anybody needs you know some help in ball motion if you have maybe have a lack of rev rate or maybe too much speed and you need a ball to pick up a little bit more that no rules is going to be awesome um, for anybody bowling on a higher volume or on a tighter house shot um <clears throat> and the wreck it is actually a solid version of the wrecker so our, our covers are kind of getting better, so to speak, with, with their age. They're kind of evolving with, with the different types of oils. As the oil gets thicker, the covers need to be able to soak them up more. So 
what Rotor Grip's doing is kind of remaking their old their old balls with newer covers on them. And uh, those two pieces are really good combos off of each other as well. If you're looking for that one-two piece in league, or even if you if you like throwing a ball that hooks a lot, you know those are our two best pieces: the Wreckit and the No Rules. And on the Storm side, we've actually just had the Street Fight and the Phase Two are coming out. And uh, those are two different, two new covers on two older weight blocks in the fight core and the, sorry, the cross core that's in the fight and the, um, is it the Marvel Pearl, correct? Or the Marvel S, I'm sorry. Yes, the Marvel S. I, because that, core. that made me perk up when I heard that when I got all the, the new releases because I love the Marvel S. In fact, I just had to retire my last one earlier this summer and I almost cried because I love those two bowling balls and I love the way that ball rolled for me. So that's a ball that I'll be looking at as too. And then one of the balls too, I think that you mentioned there and I have to hit on this, the fight. I think the fight was a very underrated bowling ball that didn't get a lot of play, but given the right condition, it, it really hits, you know, really goes through the pins well. Yeah, see, that street fight is definitely one of those unique pieces because you get that super high RG core that you're not used to having in a high-performance ball. Normally, to get an RG value that high, you have to get into like a tropical storm or some kind of really low-end piece, whereas storm is actually using a high-performance piece, a bigger weight block with those high RG numbers, and they're beefing up the cover, which is what they've done in the fight and now the new paralyzed street fight. Uh, they're beefed up that cover to get that ball to respond a little quicker, which will help your ball get down the lane with ease and still give you that awesome continuation through the pin. All right, and let's also talk about here, you're a proud member of Team Fish. So let's talk about what's the latest and greatest going on with Team Fish. I know it's been you guys have been a little quiet on things, and I know that means that there's probably yeah. something going on that you guys are all working on, right? Uh, yes, with myself and Kyle Troop being creators and owners, of the team fish business we have kind of been on our own kind of been on our own life path this year um with i've made a big move to texas to take over a pro shop for dino castillo and he has five shops in the area and our shops are called the bowling shop and coming out here moving it's definitely been a little bit different it's taken me some time to get adjusted and used to and also getting to learn the area and the bowlers and getting to know what the bowlers out here need. Now that I'm on the, the industry side of it, I'm, I'm also involved in the, the athletic side of being a professional bowler. Now I'm involved in the industry side being a, um, a pro shop operator. So with that being said, we've been kind of, me and Kyle have put our brains together over the past month or so and kind of figured out what our next move is going to be. And what we're looking at is we really want a way to spread our knowledge that we have gained over the over our career so far, over our professional careers, we want a way to spread our knowledge to our uh, what we're calling them as our groupers. So anybody who wanted to be a part of the team that maybe hasn't gotten invited or doesn't really know how, um, the only, there's a very simple way to join the team is just go on teamfishbowling.com forward slash grouper, and that's G-R-O-U-P-E-R. And that's the way to get your team fish name customized, kind of a way for you to be part of the team. And when you become part of our team, you become part of the people that we want to help get better. We want to help better bowling. And by doing that, or in order to do that, we're going to host seminars. Uh, within the next month or so, we're going to be announcing five cities that we are going to 
be doing seminars in. I want to say there's going to be some uh, around the East Coast, one in Dallas. Definitely know we're going to be doing one in the Jersey area and also one in the Michigan, Detroit area. So if anybody has any interest in those, please, please keep up with the Team Fish Facebook page. Like and share our page and go on our website. And me and Kyle are doing our best to kind of get everything up to date on what Team Fish has been up to over the last couple months and what we've accomplished because Anthony Simonson, I don't know if anybody's been noticing, but he's on a hot streak this year and he's got a chance for player of the year. And with his show airing tonight, actually at 9 PM on CBS, um, you never know, you know, if he wins again, he, he team fish could have a player of the year on their hands and nobody would have known that a year ago. And who knows? I mean, the, the, the dreams are endless and the possibilities are endless as well. Yep, I'm right there. I'm looking at it right now. It's teamfishbowling.com. Become a grouper. You get your nice little shirt. You get the uh, bracelet and uh, and get to stay up to date with everything that's going on. So you got a couple different options for folks. Very cool. I may actually do that, and then I will need... Really? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to... You know what, though? I'm going to let you guys give me a nickname, too, because I know you did that to some of the guys with the Extra Frame crew, so I'm going to let you guys come up with... Some people people have... uh, have a brain lapse when they're trying to come up with what their what their fish name would be. What really what what fish stands for? People want to know if it's an acronym or if it's this or that or if it means anything. Really, the term fish, what we describe it as, is an inexperienced player. Some somebody that is um, demonstrating some act of inexperience. So when you go out on the lanes and you just have a rough day man today i bowled like a fish man like that's that's how it started we just we bowled we bowled bad at the world series in 2013 and it just happened and uh me and kyle were kind of contemplating what what our next move is what we're going to do and we said you know if we could figure out how to work together and get better at this we wouldn't have to quit i wouldn't have i wouldn't have to stay at my minimum wage job we can just get better at what we love to do and we work together, and that's what we want to do as a team. As Team Fish, we want to work together as one to get better. Well, great stuff. And l- let me also say this. I'm out in the Phoenix, Arizona area. If you guys ever make it out this way, let me know, and I'll do the best to to, uh, to get some folks. We've got a lot of passionate bowlers out yes, here. Sir. That would Absolutely. be certainly interested. And, uh, again, it's Team Fish Bowling. You want to check all that stuff out, a couple different ways to, to get involved with the guys. And I tell you, what, what you're saying – I have been struggling myself personally on the chameleon pattern on Thursday nights. We're bowling on a very tough uh, yeah. older AMF play. So I know what you're talking about when wow. <laughs> when you talk about feeling like a fish because um, that's the way it's been going. That's last right. week. I mean, sometimes sometimes you go into the bowling alley feeling really good about yourself and you leave thinking, man, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, for me, it's more, wow, I should have practiced more because this isn't. And, and, it's, and you always want to know where and and the only kind of for, for some of us, you kind of think of who's the who's the better bowler that I know? Who is somebody I could talk to to say, hey, man, I really just had a really hard time tonight. You know, I couldn't carry in league or I just couldn't find the right ball. I feel like I couldn't or even I feel like I couldn't make a spare tonight. If you had somebody to go to that you know you could talk to, that's what we're here for. And before we wrap things up, I have to remind folks, check out BowlingThisMonth.com. Great articles, great insight, great ball reviews there if you're looking for that latest 900 global piece, storm piece, roto 
EBI, all the great companies out there. Check them out, bowlingthismonth.com. Got some great pieces right now. I'm seeing a piece on the website talking about how to avoid common injuries. Uh, another couple pieces talking about tape and targeting. Uh, PWBA roundtable still going on, so check that out as well. And uh, great stuff, great articles. Here's one, uh, Feeling Anxious, uh, talking about ways to uh, relieve stress when we're out there bowling. So great stuff there. Uh, check that all out. And uh, again, everything is on bowlingthismonth.com. Well, I'm going to let you go at that. Connor Pickford, you can check him out also on Twitter. Right. It's at, Con- at C. Pickford is your Twitter handle. So, so check you out there as well. Um, some great stuff, some great videos, some great insight from you. I know you're a big Carolina Panther fan, and I know you're happy over their win uh, yesterday. Yes, so, so Connor, it was nice after uh, after on the short end of the stick to the Broncos a couple weeks back, but got on the winning track this week. So, uh, Connor, with that, we're going to leave, uh, let it go. And please, again, let me know if there's anything we can do here to help you out uh, with Team Fish or to help out on any level. And uh, all the best of luck, and I hope to catch up with you in Reno. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you, and I appreciate you having me on your show.